This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. Welcome to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 35. Today, I'm sharing a birth story with you. Uh, Well, Tracy is sharing her birth story with you. I found Tracy over on Instagram, and I I absolutely love her feed and her vibe and her energy and I reached out to her to see if she would share her birth story with us after getting a request this summer to highlight different birthing options and and more things related to birth and postpartum. And to be honest, I sat with this for a little while because the Birth Hour podcast is a podcast that I absolutely love. And Bryn Hunt Palmer, the host of the Birth Hour podcast, was on our podcast. She is episode number 18 back in May. And I love her and I think she does an amazing job. The point of this series, and to be honest, it's not going to be one after another. I'm going to randomly throw birth stories at you, is to just highlight different choices and provide options for you. Tracy's birth was a home birth, and I think there are a lot of fears related to home birth. I was specifically curious to hear about her experience as a black woman. We know that home birth is predominantly white women who are choosing it, and the maternal mortality rate for black women is far too high in America, and I wondered if how this played a role, if any, in her birth choice, in the fears of not being believed if she was in pain or something went wrong, as we know happens far too often for black women. I also, I've been interviewed on the Doing It at Home podcast, which is a home birth podcast, uh, about sleep, but I follow that podcast because I'm very interested in home birth as well. As a sexual assault survivor, I like home birth as a potential option for us at some point because I can't imagine feeling okay or feeling comfortable in a hospital or a birth center where I didn't necessarily know the people who would be touching me in such a vulnerable state. I'm afraid that that could potentially be triggering or challenging for me. So home birth 
as a sexual assault survivor definitely has perks there in knowing your provider and all that jazz. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Tracy and I and that you can set judgment and fear aside for a minute and just take it in and and hear it with an open perspective. Head on over to Instagram afterward and let's dive into this conversation further. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this and your perspective. See you over on the gram. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Hey everyone, welcome to Voices of Your Village. Today I'm here with Tracy. Hey Tracy. Hi, hey Alyssa. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Can you start our listeners off just telling a little bit about who you are, what your background is? Sure, yes. Hey everyone, I'm Tracy and I'm 28 years old, currently living in Northern California, a small, very small town called Arnold. And um, I was born in Jamaica moved to New York City, met my husband on Instagram, and now here I am in California after relocating to live close to him. I have one son. His name is Kai. He's currently 10 months old. My husband's name is Anthony. We're both entrepreneurs. We love music. We both love to dance. I'm a choreographer. He's a salsa instructor. We're both vegan. We love to cook yummy, delicious meals. And we're into um, following our own path and choosing the road that's less traveled. I love that. I love that you met on Instagram. So hip. (laughs) (laughs) You never know when you meet the one. That's right. I met my husband in a bar. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, right? Old school. Uh, (laughs) It was uh, actually he walked in and I said, "Uh, you look like you could be in a boy band. And he said, thanks, it's my birthday. <laughs> wow. Whoops. Amazing. Um, but you, but still, <laughs> <laughs> not super romantic. <laughs> anyway, awesome. So I, I found you on the gram as well. And I reached out to you because we had somebody who reached out to me and asked if we could talk a little bit more about birth on the podcast. So I'm going to highlight some different types of birth, different things for people to be mindful of. And the first birth episode, I think, oh no, this is the second birth episode. Uh, (laughs) We are going to dive into home birth. And I wanted to hear, I haven't heard your home birth story yet, uh, but I saw on the gram that you had one and I like your vibe. So let's do this. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to share your birth story with us? Sure. Yes. So hmm, wish I start. I decided to take the path that a lot of my family members were against. Mm. Um, I'm Jamaican, so my family, they're pretty like traditional. You, you know, you're pregnant, you go to a hospital, you give birth at the hospital. And I chose to um, have Kai at home, the comfort of my home. And so I decided to take the route where um, I wouldn't be assisted with any medication. 
around four in the morning, I started to feel extreme pain. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I couldn't sleep. And when I tried to get comfortable, the pain was still there. It wouldn't disappear. So um, I woke my husband up and I told him, I said, "Hun, i I'm feeling this pain, this sharp pain. I think maybe Tyler will be here. So funny story. Um, the day before I went to visit my midwife and I told her, I said, Andrea, I think Kai is coming anytime soon because we went to the grocery store and it took me 10 minutes to move from one aisle to the other aisle. <laughs> it was just, it was just that extreme pressure and I couldn't move. I was wobbling. And um, she said, you know, Tracy, usually um, babies come two weeks after the due date. So you have enough time. And, but I felt this feeling that he was going to come soon. So fast forward one day, the next day, the following day, <laughs> and I feel the sharp pain with my husband up. I go to the bathroom and then I experience the bloody show. Mm-hmm. And a few moments later, my water broke. And I said, oh my gosh, Kai's coming. It's two weeks early. It's October 27th. He's due November 4th. Wow, this is happening. And so I rushed into the kitchen and I said, I have to make some food because I want to have some yummy, I want to have some good food while I'm in labor. Yes. Um, I know. Priorities, just, priorities. The, the, things we do, the things we do to cope during moments of fear and uncertainty and the unknown. Um, I was nervous. And so cooking, it helped me to cope, to take my mind off of what was happening. I didn't know what to expect. This was my first birth experience, home birth experience, everything is unknown. And so I called my midwife and told her that um, I, I'm i experiencing contractions, my water broke. And she said, okay, um, monitor the contraction um, duration and um, be in touch. But it sounds like you're in pre-labor and I said oh my gosh so I'm making the soup in the kitchen and then more water more of the water and you know ambiotic fluid um just rushed out and I was like oh my gosh this really is happening so um, fortunately we had the tub and everything ready so my husband he got the hose put water in and he was by my side the entire time um fast forward about 16 hours later, my midwife came and she was so calm. She, extremely calm. She took a nap on my, our bed. She asked if she could nap. <laughs> I needed that presence because um, in the moment I felt extreme pain and with that pain came some fear. And although I prayed for peace, I started to get nervous because this is happening. My life is about to change. And um I live 50 minutes away from the nearest hospital. Okay. So, so a bit of a drive. Was, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there was some risk to the mm-hmm. approach that I decided to take. But she came. Um, she assisted us. She was there by our side. Anthony, he applied pressure on my back because I experienced a lot of pain in my back. Excruciating pain. It felt like my back was burping. <laughs> It just it was extremely excruciating and counter pressure for the win. Yes, but it was comforting to be able to go to the bathroom. My husband he would lift me up in between contractions, and I knew that we would have two minutes. And he would say, "Okay, are you ready?" I'm like, "Yes, we're ready." And then we would just rush as fast as we can in between those moments of calmness. You know, excruciating pain to find the moments of calmness. 
to do what we had to do, but um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Around 12 o'clock, I decided to go in the pool because we decided to use the pool as the last resort, meaning once I started to feel really like extreme pain to use the pool. So when the pool, the water is extremely warm, comforting, but I started to just um, go into a different state of being, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. where everything disappeared <laughs> and I was just in extreme pain. But my midwife the entire time, she comforted me, um, reassuring that our bodies are meant to do this. We can do this. Women have done this for many years um, in, on, in many parts of the world. So I can do this, just um, be present. So um, I'm grateful that I chose this path because my husband was by my side, my, mid my midwife was by my side, and her assistant was also present too. And um, I had candles going, scented candles and soft music, and the lights were dim. And I was in an atmosphere where I felt comfortable and I felt, yeah, I felt God's presence. So that was very comforting for me. And how much longer after you got into the pool until Kai joined us? I was given the heads up that it was time that I can push. And I, um, I told my midwife, I said, I don't want to push. I, I did some research where you can breathe the baby out. <laughs> so I tried to breathe the baby out and realized, okay, maybe that wasn't working. So I, um, at one point I asked my midwife, I said, do you have any Tylenol? Because this pain is really extreme. She said, no, I don't have any Tylenol. She turned and gave me this herb. It was just a natural herb, but I thought it was something more. So I told her, I said, wow, it's working. I feel so much better. Um, I, could, I don't feel any pain at all. And in that moment, all the pain went away. And to find out later on that it was a placebo effect, because she said that it was just a regular, like, natural herb, as if it was peppermint or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it worked. But it, just, it proves how powerful our mind is. If you believe you can do something, then you can do it. And so in that moment, I told myself, okay, I want to meet Kai. I'm in this moment where I'm feeling pain, but eventually I will be outside of this moment. This moment will pass. But in order to be outside of this moment, I have to do what's needed. So I braced myself, put my legs against the pool, held on, and then I just pushed. And um, I felt that the ring of fire, I didn't wait for another contraction. And I just continued on. I was like, no, this is happening. <laughs> and then I flew out and it was just glorious. Um, in the tub? Did you have a in water birth? The in the tub, yes. It was a water birth. Awesome. So, yeah. Um, the, our midwife, she unraveled his umbilical cord. It was around his neck. She was extremely calm. I asked, is he okay? It was just, I, I feel like the motherly instinct that wanted to care naturally just overtook me. And all I wanted to do was make sure that Kai was fine. Make sure he was okay. In that moment, it wasn't like I wasn't worried about myself. I just wanted to make sure that he was fine. And I'm glad. He was fine. I held him. And then afterwards had to do the other part of birth. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Passing the placenta, you know, but yep. we did that and um, went to the room and was able to bond. So Amazing. Was, I wouldn't have any other way. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out. 
and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for Mila Bean, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online, you can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Voices. It's so frustrating to spend the money and effort to buy your kids clothes just to have them grow out of the size within a week or have your kids complain that they itch, pinch, or just aren't comfortable. If you're with me on this, you've got to check out Posh Peanut. Their sensitive skin-friendly clothes are made from viscose from bamboo, stretch with your kid as they grow, and they're also made to last. Posh Peanut makes thoughtfully crafted, super cute clothing for kids and families. It is the softest thing, y'all. The design is all done in-house with different patterns, and it came in the mail, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to wear this for myself every day. Their luxe women's pajamas and robes were all that I wanted to wear postpartum for nursing and hanging out on the couch with Mila. It helps so much that the fabric is breathable and chemical-free, which means they're delicate against Mila's sensitive skin, too. And I totally get why Posh Peanut is loved by over 1 million parents. Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code VILLAGE. Go to poshpeanut.com village and use promo code VILLAGE for 20% off your first order. That's poshpeanut.com village, promo code VILLAGE. So beautiful and he's so stinking cute. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. Oh man, he's delicious. So what, did you always know that you wanted a home birth or at what point did you kind of like figure that out for yourself? So interestingly, um, before deciding to, um, have Kai, I just figured what you do is you just go to a hospital and give birth. And then, um, my husband and I, we started doing research on, um, different birth and approaches while and you were pregnant while yeah because of instagram oh uh, nice because, because <laughs> i decided to i decided to follow different mothers and then that's when i started learning about home birth and all these different approaches um unassisted births all these things i didn't know existed because of instagram i know now and all the com- different communities that i was able to join and so while doing research my husband is the one that actually let out the research um, he was look. He looked up different midwives, and our insurance said that um, there weren't any midwives that was that would be covered with our insurance in the area. But he wouldn't. He didn't give up. He continued researching, and then he came across our midwife, who actually has been a midwife for twenty years and assisted our friends' births and yeah. many in the area. So like, she's known. She's popular in this area. So that was comforting. Um, and the question was how I knew, like what made me 
Yeah. How kind of like, why did you choose home birth? What led you down the home birth path? Um, so as you started to like learn about different birth options when you were pregnant, what, I guess, what drew you to home birth? Yeah. So what drew me to home birth was that sterile feeling that I was um, having hospitals. It mm. felt, hospitals feel, to me, feel very cold. Um, you feel like a number. It feels very rushed. And I know that doctors, they have, they have to meet their quota for the day. They have to see a certain amount of patients for the day. And so you can't spend a certain amount of time during appointments because there's someone else in line waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, midwives have multiple patients, but I felt that um, while doing my research, that it would feel more individualized. Um, I can have more control. I can actually create a plan, a birthing plan. Whereas, and also the thing that stood out to me was the fact that um, midwives, well, most midwives don't view birth as surgery, Mm. whereas gynecologists, they're surgeons. And so they have a more surgical approach. And I wanted, I wanted, I didn't want to have to lay flat with my, you know, I don't want to have to lay flat against gravity because I feel like gravity helps when assisting birth, the process. And also, I love the fact that I could be in the comfort of my own home um, with the people that I love, be able to use my own bathroom. I can eat. Hmm. During labor, I was eating, you know, um, I can eat. Yeah, well, you went and made that soup, man. You were ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also, I've I've always been interested in alternative approaches. So before... um, following this path to become a blogger, I went to graduate school to become a, a psychotherapist, a dance movement therapist. Very um, cool. And that's, thank you. I, I didn't finish. I didn't complete the thesis. I just have that to do, but I didn't complete it because I chose this path to become a blogger. But um, yeah, so that approach is, is an alternative approach to therapy. And so I feel like home birth is like an alternative approach to the birthing process, to the conventional birthing process at the hospital with a a gynecologist. Um, So I felt more at peace choosing this approach because um, my midwife, not only is she a healthcare provider um, that was able to choose because when you go to a hospital, you can't really choose. I mean, yes, you can. Yes, you can say, oh, I want to request another doctor, but you're given. Whoever's on call. (laughs) Yes, you're given who's on call and also while giving birth, the person that assisted you throughout the birth, and I mean, throughout your pregnancy might not be the person that actually um, delivers your baby, you right. know? Yeah. So I, that I think that's problem. huge, actually. So like I have shared this a bunch on my Instagram and on the podcast, but uh, I was raped as a kid. And so as a sexual assault survivor, for me, I, we have always discussed um, home birth as a possibility because I can't imagine having somebody random all of a sudden inside my vagina. And uh, that seems like maybe we should know each other a little bit first. And and just like that as like a trigger for me that um, the option of home birth seems so glorious, largely in terms of knowing the care provider who's going to be inside my vagina. Yes, and I was going to touch on that, that my midwife feels like family. Mm. We still send her photos of Kai. We still visit her. I still send her text messages. 
while pregnant, I would message her any hours of the night, any hours of the night. And after giving birth, um, once we transferred Kai to his crib, um, we sent her pictures of Kai sleeping and said, is this how babies sleep? You know, and yeah. you can just ask her any question. Yeah, she's basically family. You know, yeah, when she's Kai a part has of your village. Yes, when Kai has his birthday party, we'll be inviting her to the birthday so party. You know? And so, so yeah, it's so important to have a personal, if, if you're fortunate, because sometimes you can have make a birthday plan and end up having to go to the mm-hmm. hospital. Right. So, um, you know, it is a, it is good if you're able to be in a situation where um, you're in a place where the person who delivers your child, you know, knows you, you know them, so that yeah. you can feel safe. That comfort and safety, man, mm-hmm. it's huge. Did you have, did you have any fears going into it? Um, yes, I did have fears going into it um, because we live so far. Mm-hmm. from the hospital that was a big fear my family my mother especially kept saying tracy you should change your mind mm-hmm. while i was in labor she said tracy oh, oh no um, you're going to the hospital right <laughs> you're going to the hospital it's safer it's not safe to be at home mm-hmm. you're not connected to any machines to really monitor um your state and also um the news media especially they say for black women too we're usually at high risk Mm-hmm. Uh, fatality so uh, all those things played in my mind but I've been praying like I prayed for peace throughout the pregnancy I prayed mm-hmm. I prayed I prayed and yes those fears did arise while um in labor but I just had to be present in that moment mm-hmm. and also just live life knowing that we just don't know what the next moment holds let's just be present that's that's the best thing that we can do yeah. Well, and I think um, I think fear is something that comes over most pregnant women, whether they're giving birth in a hospital, whether they're having a cesarean, whether they're having a vaginal birth, whether they're having drugs, whether they're not, whether they're at home, wherever. I think that fear is a common thing in general, but I think it's amazing that you were able to combat that. Yeah. And you touched on the maternal mortality rate being higher for Black women. And I was living in Boston and was able to hear this amazing OB talk who's done a lot of research uh, in, in this. And this is like his cause. He's trying to figure out why we have such high cesarean rates. And um, lately he's been very involved in diving into why black women are dying either in pregnancy or immediately postpartum. And, um, I think it's huge that we've had big names like Serena popping out and saying like, hey, this was my story. This was my experience. I think that's very powerful to have attention brought to it. But uh, did you face any specific fears, I guess, like as a black woman in home birth, we know that home birth is most commonly white women. And and even then, I mean, there's a, I was just talking to a woman recently who had a home birth and she's a white woman, but she ended up having a hospital transfer. And she said she, she entered the hospital and felt so much shame and judgment um as she entered that people were like how could you do this why would you even try this sort of thing um how could you put your baby in danger were things that were said to her so much shame and judgment and I guess like as a black woman specifically did you fear any of that or the repercussions from attempting home birth if you were to have to transfer or anything like that oh yes for sure um because my family said Tracy what are you doing what's wrong (laughs) 
crazy, you know? So I feared the backlash, the mm. many years of judgment, the many years of um, them bringing it up, saying, see, I told you so, I told you so. Why would you do this? Why would you do that? Or if something did happen, you know, and then I wasn't able to make it to the hospital in time. Yeah. You know? So yes, those fears were definitely there. there. But I definitely had to just try to push it to the back of my mind because I was going to be in this experience of home birth while it's happening. Just try to stay as positive as possible and endure um, as much as I can in that moment. But yes, the fear was there, um, especially yeah. the society that we live in where they people love to be right. And if something <laughs> happens, and if something happens and you have to be in a situation, then they just love to feel like, okay, yes, he told you, you shouldn't have done this. Yeah. Um, that validation then, almost. The validation. And then the shame too of, actually, I would be disappointed with myself, my body, mm-hmm. if I would have to be transferred to a hospital. Um, now I'm coming, now I'm realizing that if you have to give birth in a hospital, that is not your fault. And that's just the approach that ended up having to be. I mean, if if you have to give birth in a hospital, it's not your fault. And that's just the situation that you were in at that time. Um, yeah. My sister, my sister just gave birth in the car on the way to the hospital. That wasn't her plan, you know. So that's the part of the journey. Is like you have this plan, and you just hope that the plan is able to you're able to follow through with this plan. But something else can come up, and if something else comes up, it's not your fault. My mom is so upset. She was like, oh, you should have drove faster to the, you know, her husband should have drove faster to the hospital. Now she ended up having to give birth in the car. How embarrassing, how humiliating, you know? So there's a different judgments that um, people have about different types of birthing. People usually judge things that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely had that fear of failure if I would have to, um, be transferred to the hospital although I was ready if I needed to although, yeah despite the feelings that I would have to um, endure that's a huge thing to note how did you manage the response to people like I mean bring, being pregnant and growing a human is hard enough but then having to like defend your choice over and over like how did you how did you manage that so I'm a very sensitive person and Usually I don't really stand up for myself, although I should. Um, <laughs> meaning, meaning. So I will tell someone in a, in, a, in a pleasant way that I'm not comfortable with something. But I won't say, um, you need to stop doing this right now, if mm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I will smile and nod and say, okay, um, can we do something else? Okay, but the point I'm trying to say is um, I would try to politely... Um, educate people mm. instead of saying this is my choice that's that I don't need to explain to you but mm-hmm. I, I found myself explaining to people why and trying to educate people why I made the decision that I made instead of just um cutting them off and saying um this is my choice that's it some people they have that approach and that's okay too you know of saying this is my decision that's that but I found myself um explaining to people my reasons for choosing the birth um process yeah and I found out I feel like that's more um productive 
because then they can understand like why the reasons why certain people decide to um, have a home birth. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that oftentimes it comes from a place of their own fear, right? Yeah. That, that they haven't worked out. So you're in California, which is amazing for home birth. Was your home birth covered by insurance? So the actual home birth process is kind of complicated. How can I put this? Okay. So um, the meetings with my midwife were fully covered. Mm -hmm. A portion of the home birth was covered, but my midwife, her price is higher. So we ended up paying around 1,300 out of pocket. Um, However, I thought that was much better than a hospital um, plan or how much, you know, how much hospitals charge. Um, but my midwife, she's so understanding. So we created a payment plan and that's awesome. Completed the payments and such. But yeah, I feel like fortunately, a portion of it is covered. In California. Yeah. So essentially, in California, they'll cover. Uh, up to a certain amount. And then after that, it's out of pocket. Got it. So that is definitely like state to state varies. Um, where I was, I was living in Massachusetts before and now I'm in Vermont and in Massachusetts midwives, home birth midwives are not regulated. So there's no like licensure or anything. And, um, yeah, they, they've had this bill that they've tried to get passed for a while now. Um, that unfortunately just again, was on the table and didn't make it through. And now I'm here in Vermont where uh, home birth midwives are regulated and similarly to California and, and most of the states in America, actually. And in Vermont, there's such better insurance coverage than there was in Massachusetts. And I think a huge part of that comes down to, to regulation. I mean, it's hard for insurance companies to cover a home birth if 
they don't know what the midwife's training is, right? Like it's a large risk for insurance companies. Um, but in these states, what's that? And if, and if the state doesn't understand, um, home birth as you know, yeah, they wouldn't really put money into something that they don't understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's interesting because I think like for a lot of folks, if, if you don't have for in Massachusetts, for instance, depending on your insurance, but for a lot of folks there, home birth isn't attainable because it's like four or $5,000 out of pocket. Um, yeah. It's you're paying the full fee. It's wild. Yeah. Versus a hospital that most insurances then are covering. So that can be definitely a barrier for folks. How did you kind of choose your birth team? I know you said that this midwife is like popular in the area. Uh, did you choose to go with a doula? If so, or if not, why not? Like what kind of went into that for you? Yeah, so we didn't decide to choose a doula um, or we didn't take any birthing classes. We actually had hopes to do birthing classes, but before you knew it, time just went by and we didn't. I actually relied on YouTube videos. I feel like there's so many resources out there that are available. Um, even though um, face-to-face interactions, um, being there in person, we could have been additional help for sure. But um, we ended up just having our midwife. She was the only person that popped up in the area. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, we um, stood by her approach, her message, um, and her beliefs as a midwife. So we were fortunate in this position to have someone that we actually like we just connected yeah um i didn't choose a doula because i didn't do much research actually i know that doulas they're additional assistants um but mm-hmm. i felt as if anthony could anthony could take that place in with, with the support of our midwife mm-hmm. our midwife she's so hands-on she's always present so i felt as if a doula might have been overstepping her and stepping my husband. It would just been too many people in the room for my, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so why I only chose my husband and no one else, because I just wanted peace and quiet. I didn't want anyone having side conversations and arguing with the other person or putting mm-hmm. them <laughs> judgments and this and that. My mom, I had to tell her like, okay, mommy, can you come two weeks after the birth? because I just wanted a peace of mind and my family, they're very vocal. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> I know what that's yeah, like. <laughs> they're very vocal and they would have told me how to give birth. No, don't go in that position. You need to stand up. You need to do this. And since birth, I've told them, like, that's why I didn't have you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, what did the what was the postpartum like? I mean, you know, usually in the hospital birth, you're giving birth and then you have a couple days of like, people being there to teach you things that you might need or give you that extra support. Um, how was that? Just like all of a sudden it was just the three of you. Yeah. So fortunately it, um, our midwife, she was so present. She, they stayed a few hours after I gave birth around, was it three and they left six o'clock. So yes, yeah, so that was three hours compared to three days in the hospital. So that is a drastic um, difference. But they came and they checked up on us. She visited us three days in a row. And afterwards, I had the six-week follow-up. But postpartum, was it was a lot of work. I was met with symptoms that I was not expecting. 
um, I didn't have any core strength at all. So I couldn't <laughs> lift my legs. And it took me almost one minute to sit up. So we have our crib in the room. And so at night when Kai would cry, it took me so long to sit up to get him. Um, so my husband had to do that. And I experienced a tear. So that was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kai, unfortunately, well, you know, the process is different for every baby. But he didn't latch right away. And then when he did latch, he decided, well, this isn't, I don't enjoy this. You know, I prefer just to sit back and let the milk flow. So um, I, I don't want to work <laughs> for it, mom. <laughs> I don't work for it. So my midwife, she would stop by and visit us. She actually did more visits than she needed to do. So I mm-hmm. got her, we had her support, but the process, we didn't, we didn't feel alone in the process because she was always there to check in on us. But I did experience symptoms that I didn't expect to experience that I didn't hear many people talk about. A lot of people don't talk about um, postpartum experiences, the mm-hmm. pain, um, the, you can't laugh because it hurts, the cramping. Mm-hmm. Um, while you're pumping or breastfeeding the lightheadedness the blood clot falling out of you I, I sent my midwife a photo I guess she <laughs> I'm sure I she's like, gotten a lot of those photos <laughs> yeah I was like is this normal you know and so I feel like there's more knowledge or more education to be had about the postpartum process yeah but, I appreciate that I, I'm a sleep consultant, so I just, yeah, right. We can chat afterwards, (laughs) but I uh, get so many messages from moms who are within the first four weeks postpartum who are just like, it, is this ever going to end? Like, am I ever going to sleep again? (laughs) Right. Like it's, I think the sleep deprivation added to everything else is just like, whoa. (laughs) Thinking about sleep deprivation. At one point I actually hallucinated. I mm. thought I saw ant, I thought I saw ants crawling on the wall, like all over. And I yelled, "Oh my gosh, ants! Ants!" And my husband said, "There's no ants." And the moment I said, "Oh my gosh," I just hallucinated because of my lack I'm of. So sleep. tired, <laughs> just yeah. so tired. Yeah, yeah. So, brutal. There was a lot of learning. There was a lot of learning. It was a big transitional process. Um, fortunately, I had my husband, but I can't imagine women who single parents my sister was a single parent having to do it on her own but fortunately had um her mom my mom to help her but i can't imagine single moms who are actually mm-hmm. doing it on their own yeah without or, a village yeah or moms that are um army wives or their husbands have to go to work mm-hmm. and they have a child so it's 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 a process it's challenging but it's met with a lot of love because of our child but yeah, you get him at the end of the day, but man, it's that postpartum is no joke. <laughs> no joke. It's distressful. You cry. Oh, I cried because I'm laying in bed. My husband's tired because he's so hands-on. He cleans. He does laundry. I'm like, okay, hun, let me do. Please let, let me do laundry. But anyways, so <laughs> I'm laying there um, like two days after giving birth, feeling pain, aching. Kai's crying. I'm trying to get up. Anthony gets up. And then I'm like, um, I'm crying because I'm like, I wish I could be the one to help. Mm. Like I'm in so much pain and I feel like I'm failing, you know, and I'm crying because Kai's on latching on and he's crying. I'm like, but I'm here. The food is right here. Just 
take the food, I'm right here. But he's not latching on, you know? So there's moments where you feel like, oh my gosh, am I failing? Yeah, um, those feelings of I'm not enough. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, yeah. I was able to make it through. Good. Um, did you have any like favorite home birth resources like podcasts or other people's accounts or things like that that you followed? Huh? Yes. Um, I don't have their name on hand. That's okay. You can also message me and I can put them in the blog post. Oh, will do. Will do. Yes. So, um, a midwife on YouTube, they are extremely thorough and they break things down regarding the home birth process. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you'll have to send me the name. I will do birthing positions and everything. So I'll send you the name. Nice. I actually, there are two birth podcasts that I follow because I just love birth stories. I follow Doing It at Home, which is a home birth podcast. Uh, I actually was on there. I did like a sleep episode for them. Um, And then The Birth Hour with Bryn Hunthopper. I know they reached out to me for a podcast and I was so nervous. Oh, you should do it. I love her. She actually, both of them, Bryn from the birth hour and Sarah from doing it at home were both Sarah's, I think, episode six. Mm-hmm. I d- talked to her about screen time and I talked to Bryn uh, in May, episode 18, maybe. Ooh, don't hold me to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, about being a working mom, but um, they're awesome. And those two podcasts, I, I'm, I'm obviously... In, in the podcast world and a lover of podcasts. And for me, like it's a way I can like do the dishes or I, I listen when I work out and things like that. So I can just take it in without having to sit down and read something. Um, and just hearing other people's birth stories actually will listen in the car sometimes. And my husband, if we've like had a hard, if he's like had a hard day or a stressful day, he'll just be like, can we just listen to a home birth? Like I just, I can't listen to a hospital birth. <laughs> It's like, I just can't handle a hospital birth right now. Can we just let's do a home birth? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's so good. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love when families work together. You remind me of my husband and I just sharing those similarities, the creative outlets. and Yeah. Well, we're all other. in this together, man. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So thank you so much for coming on and talking about home birth with me. I could talk about birth all day. And postpartum and tiny humans and all the things. Uh, Tracy, where can people connect with you online? So people can connect with me on Instagram, Tracy, and also knowingtracy.com. Awesome. We'll link to those on the blog too. Okay. Sounds great. It was so nice talking to you, Alyssa. You as well. Keep sharing, man. Kai is so stinking cute and I'm soaking it all in. Thank you. Love it. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you.
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.